What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your movie podcast that comes out whenever new movies are out during COVID-19, because who knows when that is. Uh, though it seems to getting close to being weekly, which is we're great. Almost, we're almost back. This is a podcast, if it's your first time somehow, about reboots, remakes, sequels, adaptations, and so on and so forth. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is my co-host, Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And this week is a week where we saw two releases, a return to movie theaters, which we did not go to a traditional movie theater. I did not see New Mutants, so we're going to talk about Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yes. (laughs) Terrence, how did you feel about this? utter delight of a movie um it's funny because i i uh i watched all three of them back to back to back uh i did like a three because they're all they're all an hour and a half so i did a little marathon burn through them and i still really i forgot how much i liked the first one the second one still is my favorite uh because i i just love evil ted and evil bill robot stuff that just that spoke to a young version of me that i really really dug this one's really really good way more than it had any right to be i didn't think i was going to like it at all and i was like oh this is actually delightful and i love it some people the the people that i don't really particularly care for probably will hate it based on how the the female angle that happens towards the end of the film and how it it, it turns towards that but i thought that was an amazing way to put a twist on this and give it give it a new life um i liked the young versions if you will that's Mara weaving and, and they play a bill and ted basically remixed as females it's great they kill it um I do think that Keanu probably was a bit out of shape of this type of film. Like it seemed like sometimes some things were a little bit harder for him to jump back in like, than it normally would have been. But I didn't mind that because he is supposed to be an older man. So I, I, it sort of fit with what the film was doing. Um, but overall, I, I had a delight with this movie, especially now. Like having news that we got at the top of the, at the end of the week and then seeing this, it kind of balanced me back out because I was sort of sad. Not sort of, I was depressed. <laughs> it's a, well, that makes a lot of sense. It's a sad time. Yeah. Bill and Ted, however, is a very optimistic movie. And I think that is one of the things that I really appreciated about the movie. <clears throat> we don't really get a lot of movies anymore that are just so unapologetically optimistic, especially in the last 10 years or so. Most movies need to have this through line of, it's hard and it's broken and the world is defeated and they're old and they never accomplished their dreams and woe is everybody and we have to brood. And this almost harkened back to like old comic books that were just about hope and yeah. seeing the better future and never giving up. And I felt that that was a very good message to have like now. <laughs> yeah, yes. It, <laughs> Also was uh, comparing it to the other two movies, which I also just watched recently to get ready. It felt a lot more structured and more character driven, which I kind of liked. I Mm -hmm. love Bill and Ted 1 and 2, but Bill and Ted 1 especially feels like a very big montage of like almost sketches. A bunch of SNL skits sewn together it's a lot of snl gets thrown together from piece to piece to piece and i like it but that's what it works because that's (laughs) kind of the premise but uh this was really nice to kind of see them have real world issues that they never quit on from their couples therapy to their never making the song and not being as successful as they wanted to be to raising their daughters that 
we got a much stronger arc than I think we've seen in the other two movies and kind of more meaning behind them, I think. Yeah, there's a much bigger heartbeat and a more heartfelt story here. Now, some of that occurs because we've gone through two films with these folks already, so they sort of have a built-in starting point, so that sort of helps that. But yeah, this is a lot more of a heartfelt film than either of the two combined have, which uh, I think is why it, 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 it rings true right now, because we need a little bit of that heartfelt stuff. Um, it's also nice to catch up to a character you haven't seen in 30, 40 years and not yes. have them be completely a mess. It's yeah, not like they ever that. gave up on making the song. The first yeah. joke is just that their constant need to get creative ultimately like held them back in a lot of ways and places. Right. Correct. But at the same uh, time, it their constant creativeness taught their kids how to just adore and love music and listen to all types of sounds to sort of fix what it inevitably becomes the issue of this film so. yeah and i thought that was the best part about the daughters was that they yeah. they really were their own characters and their own types they weren't just trying to play bill and ted they almost seemed like they were slightly more intelligent versions than mm -hmm. they were in the original movies and they gave them this kind of not musical talent, but love of musical history that then affected the plot and how to make the song and tie it all together, which <clears throat> I thought was a very good spin on kind of a formula yeah. we had seen before. Because often when you do the kids, it is just, oh, they're the kids, they're younger, and maybe they flipped the switch a little bit, but right. like, it's the same. Yeah, it's more of a one-to-one -one ratio. I also think that it was, it might work more because I watched them back to back to back, but I did really love a lot of the callbacks that happen. I love that the <laughs> that the stepmom has become someone else's stepmom is now marrying the sister. I love that they kept that through line going all the way through. Death is still fantastic to me. Like every time that he's on screen is great. And then I think uh, arguably my favorite character that exists is the uh, is the robot Dennis Caleb McCoy literally had me in stitches. Uh, yeah, that character was laughing. a great addition to just have this very insecure robot who's trying to find his own like life and purpose and where he can be, and he feels very bad whenever he kills. And like just someone. the throwaways of of what would happen around him, like the him in, being in hell and everybody being very confused. Like that's he's a robot. How is he? How is he in hell? And none of it making sense. And I was like, I'm here. I don't care. This is great. I love it. Yeah, they they we don't get bogged down in time travel rules or different <laughs> yeah. universes or all of these possible scenarios. We don't we don't need to sit around with toothpicks figuring it out. Yeah. There's no big billboard of Bill and Ted. If you go this way, <laughs> it'll ruin everything. Yeah, but we do get to see. This, I think the only thing I wanted more of was their wives and them going through all these different worlds. Yeah, they put them on the sideline. I don't know if there's a story or if there's an edited film somewhere that has more of that, but it seems like they got the phone booth and then kind of just disappeared for a good majority of the film. And we don't really see them or what they do. But I imagine the two people who have the phone booth and now are able to go wherever they want to, who, are, who were plucked from the past, would have a pretty good story that they're doing on their end. Yeah, there was never a big reveal with who was bringing them anywhere. We never yeah. really bothered to explain any of that. It just sort of was a, a device to have them have something to do. But right. you could have kept them in that therapy room with the, with the girl from 22 Jump Street. Well, the I could have just time. watched that the entire movie. <laughs> like I would have been there for that. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it really made a like conclusive trilogy where I was like, oh, all three of these movies work. This it's is- cohesive together. Uh, like a part of it too, because especially watching them back to back and seeing the second one and how they propose, like I completely forgot about this part that they propose to their the princesses and then the evil ones come in and, and damage all of that. And to show that how that relationship basically, because they went from from that first one, they just show up at the very, basically a post-credit sequence. Rufus just brings them in and like, here, here's the two women that you wanted, that they're, they're back to you now they became such an important part of their character and who what what their arc is that it's good to see that on the other side of it the the women sort of help settle them and then they that is the key the the team of them together is the key that created what has been the the key for everything it's great yeah i thought that was all all of it worked really well i liked that we didn't really get bogged down on what the song was it was more yeah. about how music brings people together which I think my biggest fear going into this movie was that the song wasn't going to be good enough. No that, matter what they put out there is not going to be good enough. To be like this, nah, that's not the song that would save the world. Sorry. <laughs> but for them to then kind of almost do this like Doctor Who storyline where everybody in space and time is playing music all at once was yeah. a very clever way. It just had a very abrupt ending. I thought that it, it just, it just ended. The it movie just, just stops. Yeah, it, that was weird to me. I, I, I thought there would be a coda or something. I even, I, this is the first time I've done that. I stayed through all the credits. Like maybe there's something that they're going to like tie up at the end. And it's like, nope, this is just, this is it. Everybody dancing around the world and that's a wrap. Yep. We just like, have this love letter to the fans, this yeah. quarantine music video <laughs> of Bill and Ted. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably my only issue with the movie. Was it just, I've never seen a movie end so abruptly that they just were like, and we did it. Bye. <laughs> and we're done. Good day. It almost, movie, yeah, I think Rocky's, I'm mean, not Rocky, uh, Karate Kid is the only one that's like, well, that's it. We're done here. All right. Well, I guess yeah, that's, that's another it. movie that's just sort of like, and then he swept the leg. <laughs> Sometimes movies just end. <laughs> it feels yeah. like it, it's always sunny bit where they're like, yeah, sometimes it's just over. That's it. They that's had it. their run time. Got nothing else here. We're done. Which, you know, <laughs> to be fair, there's not much else. No. They did it. I don't know what else you would do except have them like celebrate and be happy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, we already see that the world's been readjusted and the reality is back to normal when this is in. So it's kind of like, ah, yeah, I guess you can't really show us anything else. Like we know that they're going to be okay. I did like that. We didn't fall into the trap either of just having them set up for a fourth movie with the daughters. There was no bigger threat. And now they have to go on for Bill and Ted or something right. we just we didn't assume a sequel which i think right now when there are barely theaters open and vod <laughs> numbers seemingly take longer to put together yeah um i agree i like that too i like that they yeah this is a very much a self-contained story but it's so well, like a self-contained story that is the third act of what we got from the first two um and it tells a a, a good through line of a story they they and it, as much as it doesn't seem like it, they've definitely grown up since that first one. Like those first one, those guys were just like some supreme slackers. Uh, and it seems like there have been even if it's just being married or being married or and dads have somewhat aged them and maybe not maybe not made them smarter, but made them more of a um, responsible pair than they were at the beginning, and that's very important. Yeah, I like I, I liked everything about the daughters. There was nothing that I didn't enjoy from. Them. I can watch tomorrow. We can do literally anything. <laughs> I also thought it was very clever that we just had 
incredibly supportive parents. I feel like usually when we have parents in any movie, they are like very 80s and hard on them and coming down. And well, Yeah, it's really good too. I mean, we had a, a 180 on um, Bill's dad, on Ted's dad, like who was like super hard on him from, from the beginning of the damn series to basically being in, in a situation with him. Like, you know what? This is all, you were all right. Everything you said was, it's true, my bad. So uh, where do we go from here? Because I, I made a mistake. <laughs> I also, and I think it's worth talking about the idea of finding these like great musicians. Yeah. <laughs> to make the song. My only issue is we went back to this drummer in the in the prehistoric time for a joke, and I was like, "There's, there's famous there's drummers we could real get. drummers we could go get." <laughs> right. I would have been fine with a Travis Barker cameo. Yeah. There were like options you, there. You like a Sheila Eve. Like, all right, let's do it. Like, there, you have options. We can make this happen. But having Kid Cudi show up and understand everything about Kid time Cudi. and space. <laughs> and then just to be like, all right, Cudi, we stop. We don't have time. <laughs> we, oh, yes, we got like 10 minutes here. <laughs> but that was good. I could have done that for the entire movie. When we yeah. were done getting all the musicians, I was like, oh, but there's a lot we could do. <laughs> I guess yeah. Jimi Hendrix is, is the apex of rock and roll. Yeah. I um, won't disagree with that. I won't, I won't either. I won't either. And, but I love that they all... I think what's it's cool that they are so enthralled and so um, good with music and so learned in music that they knew exactly who to look for where. I think that even though they didn't specifically just lay it all out there, you could just show like, oh, these kids, especially because at this point in time, they have the internet. The music and the knowledge of music is much easier to have than what they would have had from the original two flicks. Yeah, I really liked them just being like, well, who influenced this guy? Well, we got to go yeah. get that person. And who right. influenced that guy? Well, we got to go get that person. Yeah, um, it's fun. I love the the nod to, to George Carlin and Rufus without like oh. eating it. Like it, it was beautiful. It was really well done. Uh, I dug it. It was still how they got the phone booth. It was the yeah. same one. We didn't do too much of it. Yeah. Because <clears throat> if he had been there the whole movie and I and we're on some Grand Moff Tarkin stuff, I would have been unokay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just a fun. It's a simple movie, and I, I there's no you, you're not gonna rack your brain o- over it. But I also think that at times we need the simple, just heartfelt. Like we're I'm going. No, we don't do. I mean, we now take characters that are supposed to be about hope and optimism, and we thrust and negativity. Break them. them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we now are at a point with our heroes where if they're not going through everything wrong in the world, they're not heroes. We don't really get to do stories like this anymore where yeah. they never lose hope and it works out. And I think that that's an important thing to have as the world burns down around us. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the world burning down, we, for the first time since March have box office numbers to talk about what unless you have more to say on Bill <laughs> no i'm excited i'm actually excited so, to see some box office numbers <laughs> i mean i don't have many because they're not reporting on many but the new mutants came out in the middle of a pandemic whether or not you agree with that it happened because studios like money <laughs> boy did they make some of it <laughs> Uh, I don't want to talk too much about this because I feel like next week we'll do a whole New Mutants episode, but this incredibly delayed movie that has gone through hell in development has finally come to theaters, 2,412 of them to be precise, 
where it has grossed at this point eight million dollars at the underside of its projection they were hoping for eight to ten if you kind of whittle that math down at twelve dollars a ticket that means about half a million people went to theaters or drive-ins i would say yeah maybe drive-ins are up there as well so uh what do you make of that (laughs) um I, i it's interesting because i don't know I don't know if this is a good barometer to see if people are coming back to the theaters. This is a movie that kind of just kept getting swept and swept and swept and pushed back and pushed back. Uh, but I can tell you that if that's the number that they're jumping out the gate with, then some studios may have a little bit of a pause and putting their films out to theaters and be like, oh, well, we'll just see. This will bring people back because clearly people aren't just coming back for anything. There may have to be a special type of film to get some people back. And even those folks, those type of movies, you're not going to get them back. Well, I mean, you got to no. figure the movie cost, I want to say like $67. $67 million to make. Yeah. After all the different marketing iterations, <laughs> right. it's probably closer to $100 million. With the In a starts, normal yeah. world, this would be a disaster. Of Correct. In a pandemic world, it's not great, no. but it's also not great philosophically. Yeah. So we're now in this no-win situation with it where everybody else is experimenting with buy it on Disney Plus at a premium or buy as Bill and Ted's and mm-hmm. single people around the world are furious at these VOD prices. But Yeah, Mulan's a bit nuts for a person that's not a family or a kid. So I, I could see how people are freaking out, especially since they basically, in a roundabout way, they may not have actually announced it, but they're like, oh yeah, December 4th, it'll be available for Disney Plus for free. So there are some I, things we're kind of just like, uh, wait, I might not need to do that right away. The um, other one, and it's not available here, but Tenet made about $58 million internationally. And see, that's a bigger film. Um, international markets are also, <laughs> they've also had Safer. a much better handle of the COVID-19 than, than, than the U.S. has. So uh, it's interesting to see how that, next week's the, the big test to see if people jump out and uh, out there to go see Tenet. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to be as high as they, they would like it to be. I think Christopher Nolan is going to be in for a rude awakening, unfortunately. That movie cost $207 million to make. There's no way they're getting close to any of that. So they're going to come up at a loss. No, um, but I think they're hoping for like a Gremlins release where it's just in theaters for a year. Right. Cause they've Although I don't see Back to School Tenet being an action figure that you can buy. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see if that's a film that pulls people in. I am a huge Christopher Nolan fan. I am not going to a theater to see it. So unless they put it at a drive-in um, where I feel safe, then it'll be a while before I actually see that film. And I'm a yeah. I just <laughs> wish that we knew Bill and Ted VOD numbers because I'd be curious if it yeah. new mutants because I feel like that's really the story we need. Is that is the... the that is the, the barometer to see if people were more willing to stay at home and watch Bill and Ted than they were to go out to watch a brand new property. Because well, I have to assume in a new world, in a, in a pre-COVID world, New Mutants would have made about 40 million and this would have made about 20. Yeah, I would say that's about right. Yeah. And then some third independent film would have made eight and some horror movie would have made 10 and we would go, but the horror movie made a higher net than all of these other right. ones. Like, that came out as a wash. Yeah. Um, 
especially if they're both PG, although I think New Mutants might be a PG-13, but yeah, it's, uh, they, that's about how I would see them going as well, um, especially if New Mutants didn't have this constant delay. They had a lot of negative press going, so I don't know if it would have been as high as 40, but it would have been close to that. Yeah, I think if they, uh, yeah, that's a whole other conversation <laughs> for another time. Yeah. That is our episode on Bill and Ted's Face the Music. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on all social medias at Hollywood Already Did It or Hollywood ADI on Twitter. I'm at, as always, Blake and Terrence is at Terrence Tatum, and we will see you next week. Later.